0: Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. On this week's episode, Tenerife beat Nimberg in the Battle of Unbeaten Teams. Gaziantep and Poortez win their first games of the season, and Nicola DeJong joins us to talk about his MVP performance in Game Day 4. Joining me for all of that and more is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how's it going this week?
1: Oh, fantastic! Uh, another week of really just yeah, entertaining um, and you know, you know, you know, partially historical, but just uh, fascinating um, action. So, can't wait to uh, to hear what you have to say about it.
0: Yeah, it was another great week. I, I thought there were some really fun games, uh, some really interesting things as we get into the middle of the regular season here. This was game day four. Remember, there's fourteen games. In the regular season. So we're starting to see uh, some interesting trends and, and things like that. So excited to talk about it. First, let's jump in with the team of the week. Leading it off is Marco Spisu from Dinamo Sassari. He had 22 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, a very complete performance for Spisu in their win over Turun. Jason Rich from Gaziantep, one of the uh, the new signings in the league. He had 25 points and 5 assists to lead a big comeback win for them over Riga. Lau Conate from Tenerife, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 steals to help Tenerife beat Nimburg on the road. Suleiman Brimo from Hapoel Jerusalem had another huge performance, 33 points, 93% shooting from the field for Brimo as Jerusalem had another huge performance huge offensive game and Nicola DeJong, the MVP, our guest on this week's episode, 35 points uh, as, pa- as Poe Ortez beat Burgos on the road with a 14-point comeback to get their first win of the season. DeJong was incredibly clutch in that game. He's our MVP this week. Uh, Dave, what, what do you think about the team of the week? Anybody else who deserves some consideration?
1: Um, I. <laughs> Actually, there's two guys that kind of maybe could have get, gotten in there. I actually, um, you know, Spisou uh, made it. I think Dwayne Evans actually could have gotten in there as well. You know, he had um, 29, uh, 29 points, 13 of 17 shots with five rebounds. Um, but probably the guy I probably would have taken um, over anybody else would have been David Holston um, from Dijon. Uh, 17 points. Uh, five of nine threes, three rebounds for the for the uh, diminutive one, uh, and, but obvious, obviously seven assists, two steals. But uh, and uh, you know we might talk a little bit later on as well in the game. But you know three huge three pointers in the final one twenty six of that tough fight against Pauk. So that's probably those are the two guys that that I would have uh, put in, especially Holston because of that huge. Those huge threes uh, down the stretch.
0: Yeah, for sure. Holston was phenomenal again. I have a a few guys who I thought could have made it as well. Uh, Frankie Ferrari and Ryan Toulson, both from Manresa. We'll talk about that game more here in a minute. But both of those guys had 19 points and were excellent in that game. And uh, Brian Angola from Ostend, he had 23 points in a win over Elite Cabelis. So he was another guy who had a, a big scoring week. But I think, I think I'm good with the team of the week as is. And uh, really glad that DeJong got the MVP because he was definitely deserving. That was a, uh, a Nowitzki like performance in that game against Burgos. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in Group B. But first, let's jump in with Group A.
2: Frankie Ferrari, that's back now, gets in, puts it up. Oh, that was the playground move, baby.
0: Dave, the game I wanted to talk about first from Group A was Manresa beating undefeated Turk Telecom 80-75 to 75 in Spain. Uh, this Manresa team is really fun. I, th- I think my main takeaway from this game was I love Frankie Ferrari. He was so much fun to watch. He he reminds me a lot of Kevin Pangos, uh, just a really, really good point guard. He was penetrating into the paint, kicking out to the corners for shooters. Uh, he was very patient in pick and rolls. He absolutely cooked Kyle Wilcher on a switch uh, with a little fake and then a one-hand scoop off the glass. And then late in the game, a big pull-up three off the dribble, he also hit some clutch free throws and he found Ryan Toulson for the go ahead three pointer with one minute left. It was, it was a great performance from Ferrari, both scoring for himself. And facilitating for others, uh, Ryan Toolson and Ferrari they they made eight of eight free throws in the final two minutes. And Toolson, like I mentioned, hit that clutch three as Manresa won a, a really good game. It was, it was a back and forth game, a uh, really good one in Spain. Uh, did you have any any thoughts on this one, Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean this was one I just kind of took in and just enjoyed. I didn't really sit down and 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 analyze it too much. Um, seven points the biggest lead for either side, so it was tight throughout um I you know before this season really started you know the Ferrari um broken finger if I'm not mistaken or some some had a had broken wrist even so you know it was it was something that we we kind of uh you know because he had the huge first game um in the in the Spanish League I believe and and uh, you know we were you know kind of hoping that uh you know kind of wondering you know how 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 they would how they would do without him right away and um, but you know, you look at him. You look at uh, the experience of Toulson, Davis, uh, Baez. Obviously, so much experience uh, playing the Grand Canaria for so many years. You know, this is a fun. This is a very, very fun team. And now we're seeing, really, with Ferrari, there kind of, um, you know, running, running the ship. It's, it's, um, it, it. it this is an exciting team. Uh, you know, we talked off the air. Maybe you, you know, do they have the size? I mean, obviously. You know, I, I say size one through five because you know even the guards aren't aren't big. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Looking forward.
0: Yeah. So I, I, think it could be a problem because there are some teams that have bigger wings, uh, and, and some really strong wings. Like, especially when you look at, uh, playoff time, a team like Hapoel Jerusalem, where a guy like Jacobin Brown, he's not super mm-hmm. tall, but he's really strong. I could see, uh, I could see a guy like that giving this backcourt problems, kind of shoving them around, but. I think the thing is 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 Ferrari and Toolson in particular, they're so good offensively that I think they could overcome that because Toolson is a master at moving without the ball. He's gonna be able to get open. And Ferrari clearly has the vision and the passing ability to find him. Uh, he's very crafty with the ball so I, th- I think he'll be able to get around some of the bigger defenders in the league uh but it, it is going to be very interesting come playoff time if, if they play a team like Ike uh you know with a guy like saint ruse who's a big defender who is versatile and, and can car- can cover point guards. so um yeah that's definitely something to watch for this team but i, I think offensively they're just so talented I, I the those two guys in particular that I, I think they'd be able to overcome it also, off the bench for Manresa, Danny Perez had a really nice performance. The backup point guard coming in for Ferrari, he had seven assists, zero turnovers in 17 minutes. For Turk Telecom, Muhammad Begul was very good. Overall, 20 points, including some clutch free throws late, but he was called for a charge after Toulson's three. Great defense by Jordan Sacco sliding over to take that charge and seal the win for Manresa. Elsewhere in this group, Cesari beat Torun on the road, one thirteen to ninety five. Huge performance from the Italian side. Halon also won on the road, beating Strasbourg eighty six to eighty one. And Ostend took care of business at home against Lead Cabelas, eighty uh, to sixty six. Dave, any thoughts from the other games in Group A? Um,
1: Torun, this game was a, a one point. It was a one point game at at, after three quarters. um, They ended up uh, Sassari ended up winning by eighteen. It was a four to twenty run um, in the first seven minutes, um, and uh, Tyrone, you know, just kind of fell apart. Just couldn't hit anything. Um, I noticed that uh Damian Kulig did not play and uh I went looking and it looks like he's got a foot injury and they're talking maybe 4 to 6 weeks um so that's a huge blow to them they also didn't have um Karol uh Grzeski um another uh big part of that he had an ankle injury um especially Kulig not being ha- not having him out there is um is just such a huge loss for them And, uh, you know, they're, they're one, one in three. Now we both had them, you know, doing pretty good things and, and they're going to have to, if they're going to have to go, if they have to go to six weeks without him, that could be, okay. They're going to, they're going to have the FIBA window in there in a couple of weeks. So, uh, maybe he can get in at the end of that, but, um, that's to That's going to be a big loss. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, another huge game, uh, for, um, for, uh, Siobhan Thompson, 16.7 of eight. Um, he had um, he had ten, ten rebounds and two blocks. Uh, really, one of the one of the one of the one of the bigs I really enjoy watching. Um, and Strasbourg, I'll touch on uh, in overtime.
0: Yeah, Siobhan Thompson has been a monster this season. He's shooting 81% from the field through four games, which is unbelievable. He's also averaging a double-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds. And Dave, how about this matchup next week? Seven-foot Siobhan Thompson going up against seven-foot-two Mustafa Fall from Turk
1: Telecom. There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an awesome battle of the big men next week. Moving on to Group B, I wanted to start off with Poe Ortiz getting their first win of the season, beating San Pablo Burgos 82-78. to Burgos built a big first-half lead, a lot of offensive rebounds, getting to the free throw line, scoring in transition. They had 12 offensive rebounds at halftime, and Poe in the first half, only one of nine from the three-point line. They were down by 14 points going into the break. But in the second half, they were much more aggressive, attacking the rim. Moore and McGee in the backcourt were, were getting to the rim and causing some problems. And then Nicolas DeJong just completely took over, scoring every way imaginable, sweeping hook shots in the lane, uh, turnaround fadeaway jumpers from the mid-range. He was hitting pick-and-pop three-pointers. He was... Absolutely on fire. Uh, it only took five minutes for Poe to erase a 14 point lead in the second half. Uh, Leo Cavalier, I mentioned him. Uh, we, we talk about him in the interview with Dejong. Just great energy and great hustle for Poe as Borgo's fell asleep a little bit in the second half, uh, and and let the French team steal a game in Spain. Uh, Dave, what, what did you think about this one? Of, of course, Dejong was amazing, but it was, it was a pretty interesting game overall
1: well i mean you you mentioned uh Javier, you know i mean it's you know he had a he, one of the things you could really you know really have to uh you know tip your hat to him is the energy that he had you know some huge offensive rebounds and, and just the rebounding in general forty seven thirty three uh with nineteen offensive rebounds for for poe and they turned that into twenty twenty uh, second chance points. Um, I'm sure they would like to have a little bit more production from from the combination of Leslie and um, and McGee. Um, They did they did combine for 16 points, but they only shot uh, six of 24, uh, including two of ten from three point range. But um, you know, again, you know, Burgos is another team that we 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 expected pretty big things, and that's a you know supposed to be a pretty you know solid atmosphere to play in, and for Poe to go there. And uh, and grab a, a victory, um, you know. Tip your hat to them. Got the got the job done on the road, which is never easy. Yeah,
0: huge win on the road for Po for Po Ortez. Elsewhere in this group, Habibl Jerusalem stayed undefeated. They beat Anvil one twelve to ninety four. Rastafecta moved to three and one with an 81-74 win on the road in Antwerp. And Ike shut down another opponent. They beat Bandirma 68 to 50 on the road. Another very stingy defensive performance from Ike. Uh Dave, what,
1: what were your thoughts on the rest of Group B? Um uh, another rebounding story, what uh with Jerusalem, um uh, 41 to 40 42 to 31, 18 offensive rebounds, 28 second chance points. Um, also 67 uh, bench points for for Jerusalem uh, just so many weapons um, with looking at uh, at the fechte Antwerp game um, on Antwerp man I, I really enjoy uh, really enjoy watching Ibrahima Falfe, Um just his all-around game especially the energy also at the defensive end seven points. Um five rebounds, two blocks, two steals. Just love him uh, just watching him and his effort that he gives on on defense. And and Ben um, you know, they were leading twelve ten at the you know near the end of the first quarter, and Ike went on a twenty one to two run. Um they just couldn't hit anything and um you know, Sant Rose um at the um you know, just doing it at both ends and um I think it was Igor in our in Igor Jerkovich, um on the in our chat, you know, mentioned um, that uh, that they they play so many Greeks and um, that Ike is playing so many Greeks and and it was it's um, they're they're relying a lot on their Greek Greek players, you know, um, and it, it, it's it's. It's refreshing to see that, um, you know, Greece is Greece is a great, great country, basketball country, and and to see a to see a team really rely, you know, a lot on their uh, on their domestic players. Um, you know, it gives them uh, it gives them freedom to, you know, not have to rely as much on uh, some of those guys. You know, like Langford and uh, Mosh- Moshulis. they didn't really have to do as much because uh, because those domestic players were able to to, to pick it up. Speaking of teams with very good domestic
0: players, moving on to Group C, Nimberg lost their first game of the season, falling sixty-eight to seventy-eight at home against Tenerife. This was a battle of unbeaten teams. We both picked Nimberg last week. We were both wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> shout out to Tenerife uh, for proving us uh, for proving us wrong. This was a game where turnovers just absolutely killed Nimberg. They had 27 turnovers. Compare that to just 26 made field goals. Uh, pretty, pretty phenomenal number there. Part of that was great defense by Tenerife. Part of that was just really bad. Decisions by Nimbrick and uh, really just silly turnovers, losing, losing the ball, uh, you know, not not making simple catches, uh, throwing the ball out of bounds, kind of unforced errors in a lot of cases. Uh, And it was the most turnovers by any team in the last three seasons in the BCL. For Tenerife, Marcelino Huertas got the action going early. Uh, he had his floater game working really well. He went off glass with a couple runners, scored some early points. He's also built up a really great connection with Georgie Shermadini, which I think everyone probably saw that coming as as a great combination. Uh, he hit him with a behind-the-back pass, uh, one point for an assist, and then in the fourth quarter, kind of a full-court outlet pass to Shermadini for a dunk that gave Tenerife a nine point lead and kind of sealed the game. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on this one? And uh, what, what do you think, you know, went wrong for Nimberg in a game that we thought they could both, that both of us thought we could, they could win.
1: You know, one of the things that, um, you know, we, 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 we talk about, uh, yeah, you know, some of these young, some of these teams with young players and uh, also more, more, um, more domestically young you know, like say Ben Dermo or uh or talent wise let's say Osten you know with some of those guys but yeah. you look at Nimberk and you know they have um uh Deshawn Booker 22 Hayden Dalton 23 Zach uh, Hankins uh, 23 you know those guys are all um not only young but they're in their first season um of uh of top international play also you know they didn't play at at huge schools in the states but you take the the trio of them, and uh, twelve points, five of twelve shooting. That's forty two percent. Seven turnovers and a combined forty six minutes. So that grouping of guys who really are very important for that for that team just weren't able to do very much. And and obviously you really have to to talk that up to 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 the the, the defense of of Tenerife and and really Viterreta, just the, the the genius that he is.
0: Yeah, Vitareta won his 34th BCL game. He is now the winningest coach all time in the competition with 34 wins. Also wanted to shout out uh, Lau Konate who was on the team of the week, uh, so of course he had a great performance, but he was just really, really active in this game. He made really big plays on both ends of the floor. It seemed like whenever Tenerife needed somebody to step up with a bucket or to get a stop defensively, Konate was the guy to do it, and he was a great, great signing for them. They really needed a an athletic guy on the wing with some toughness and uh, some feistiness, and he can score as well. So a, a great pickup there with Konate. He played a big role in this win as Tenerife stay undefeated. Elsewhere in Group C, Gaziantep get their first win of the season. They had a nice comeback to beat Riga 84 to 81. Nizhny Novgorod with another win on the road. They beat Peristeri 74 to 71. And Bomberg moved to 2-2, two two, beating Mornar Bar 81 to 76. Mornar are now 0-4. Dave, uh anything jump out to you from the rest of Group C?
1: Uh, with the Bomberg game, uh, I was kind of surprised. Uh, actually, I forgot to go back and look and see if uh, if Asa Murray from from Bamberg, if he had an injury at all. He was playing so well; had um, didn't really do anything in the fourth quarter. Had 17 points in the first uh, first three, and never really came back. And you know, really, um, uh, Elias Harris um, had 10 of the final 12 points. Uh, for for Bamberg, um, 10 points in the final 4:38. Really, um, really carried. Bombberg to that victory, um, huge rebounding difference, forty-seven um, twenty-nine. You you watch that 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 especially that fourth quarter. You know it's one offensive rebound after the next. They ended with seventeen. Um, looking at the Peristeri game, uh, kind of alarming that the the starters only scored uh, for Peristeri and their loss to to Nizhny Novgorod. Um, the starters only scored twenty points. Uh, with uh, Stephen Gray scoring 11 of those. Um, And, uh, yeah, Jason Rich... You know, um, he had the, had the, had the turnover late, uh, with 29 seconds and it looked like they, um, they might end up losing, um, that Gaziantep might end up losing it. And he came back and was able to, uh, to get the, 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 the victory in the end. Um, so I'm sure, um, Rich is pretty relieved about, uh, also some of the, some of the sor- sort of questionable decisions by, um, by, by Blooms on the other end, um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I got. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a good group to, to watch, you know, you have, you have Tenerife at the top and then you have, a, a um, you have Peristeri, uh, Bomberg, both two and two, three and one, Nimbark and, um, and, uh, Nisney. So the, you know, we, we, we kind of talked you know, we're seeing sort of like, uh, um, you know, where these groups could kind of be heading and, and, um, so Alright, moving
0: on to group D. The game I wanted to start with first was Neptunus making a statement with a big win at home over Zaragoza, winning that game 91. To 73. Both teams were two and one coming into this game. So this this was a really important one for the standings. Uh Davidas Galias really set the tone early for Neptunus with a huge dunk on the first play. Uh, definitely go back and watch this. It was on the top five plays of the of the day. He just dunked all over Javier Justiz from Zaragoza. And that was a sign of things to come for Neptunus. They were the much more aggressive team throughout this game. They were just relentlessly attacking the rim. That was leading to a lot of dunks, layups, free throws as as they were getting fouled, and then kickouts for open threes. It was just a, a really good offensive performance for Neptunus. And then on the defensive end, just sound fundamental defense from this team uh, you know hands up all the time not not committing silly fouls not getting out of position they forced Zaragoza into a lot of tough shots uh, and they they really took control of this game uh, after after the first quarter or so Zaragoza were able to cut the lead to eight in the fourth quarter but Neptunus just always had an answer to stop their momentum uh, galius was big uh, Ola savages Delina Nichiidas all these guys stepped up and hit shots. Uh, Some of the younger guys on Neptunus made some huge plays as well. So it was a great team effort for them. In the end, they shot 89% at the free throw line compared to 62% for Zaragoza, and they made 13 of 28 from the three-point line. That's 46% Compared to Zaragoza, only making nine of 28, 32 percent. Uh, and and you know they weren't just making difficult shots; like they were they were creating good shots. Uh, you know they were they were open pretty much all the time. Whereas Zaragoza couldn't really create any any good looks at the basket. So I th- I thought this was a really imp- impressive performance from Neptunus, especially against a team in Zaragoza that is doing great in the ACB in that domestic competition. So a big win for the Lithuanian. Uh David, any thoughts on the uh the scrappy Lithuanian side winning this
1: one? You know, one of the things that, that if we want to be able to say, Yeah, we we got that one right, we have to we also have to admit that we got things wrong. And I didn't see Neptune's doing this. I didn't see them being being three and one in this group. Um But you know, hey, um, you know, got out to a lead, um, never really never really let Saragosa back in it. Six guys double figures. Um, 26, 26 assists, sharing the ball, doing Lithuanian things, you know, um, it's a team that also relies on, on young Lithuanian talent, has some older, old guys as well, has some, has some non, you know, non-big, I know that's not a very big, it's not a very good, uh, uh, uh description, but you know, not very famous, uh, Lithuanian names. Um, but you know, Hey, you gotta, you know, tip your hat to them to being three and one in this group.
0: Yeah, I will say they have played three of their four games at home. Uh, so that is going to get a little bit tougher for them as they go on the road. But yeah, this is a, a really good team. Uh, I, I think Dijon is the best team in this group. I really like that Dijon team with Holston and all of their athletes. But so far, I, I think this Neptunus team clearly looks like second best in Group D. It's just a, a really solid team overall. Um, not Not a lot of weaknesses there. So I expect them to stay strong throughout the season. Elsewhere in this group, Dijon stay undefeated with an 81-76 win over Pauk. Brindisi get an important win, beating Besiktas 84-72. to And Falco Zambate... Just smacked Bon 91 to 59, 32 point win for the Hungarians. Uh, love the yellow court there, good fan atmosphere, and, and a huge win for Falco. Uh, so shout out, shout out to those guys. Uh, Dave, what, what were your thoughts on the rest of Group D action?
1: Yeah, and that fortress wall, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> <and> in <symposium laughs> yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, cool stuff. Uh,
1: um, yeah, Besiktas, does, uh, uh, Brindisi only nine turnovers. Uh, and, and you know, I, I said it last week and I was, I'll, I'll double down and I'm not, I'm not sold yet. I'm still not sold on Dijon yet. Um, you know, they, they trailed in this game. Um, you know, they, they, they watched, um, they watched, uh, Palk come back and actually take a lead. There was a five, uh, there was an, a 10 0 run by Palk. Um, and they needed, they, and, 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 um, and Dijon hit five of seven threes in the final four and a half minutes, including, as we mentioned, uh, Holston with the three threes in the final one one twenty six. And this is a Pauk team that uh, they just fired their coach, and they had their the one of their one of and one, and one of their assistants. So the other assistant was was taking over this team. Um, and you mentioned um you mentioned Neptunas winning uh, having three games already at home Dijon also have three games already at home and they so they've beaten at home uh, Falco Brindisi, and, and Pauk. um and they they won at uh Neptunas so uh, i'm not i'm not buying um I'm not buying Dijon yet and also i'm not I'm not sold I'm not selling my stock on bond just yet um a horrible especially third quarter they only scored nine points uh in the third corner. Um but uh I, so I'm still not buying Dijon and I'm not selling I'm not selling Dijon just yet. I'm not selling um uh I'm not selling Bond just yet.
0: All right. So Dave still skeptical about Dijon. I'm I think I'm all in. I said that the other week. I, I really like this team. Uh so we'll we'll see how that plays out. I do think this is maybe maybe the weakest group overall, uh, now that, now that we're a few games in, um, it it might still be too early to say that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not super impressed with some of these teams, uh, whereas, you know, you look at a, a group, uh, like group A, group B, there's some, some real juggernauts in there. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how, uh,
1: which is another re- which is another reason why I'm not necessarily sold on this Dijon team yet, you know. And they've won these games, okay. The Brindisi, I, I think Brindisi is a pretty good team, but you know, beating Falco and Pauk, a Pauk team that just is in turmoil, having lost, having you know, got rid of their coach and everything like that. So that's that's where I am on on, on Dijon so far. That that's why I'm not totally sold on them yet. I know Igor likes them as well, and uh, you know and. And Igor is almost always right. So I guess I'm wrong on this one, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's move on to overtime.
0: Five topics from around the league. First topic is where did that come from? I'm going to go with the game we just talked about, Bonn. Coming into this game, two and one, losing on the road at Falco by 32. I was absolutely shocked when I saw this score after the game. Uh, so that, that's my where did that come from, uh, Dave? What do you have for this one?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with Gabe York in um, his uh, absolutely amazing 21 three pointers taken uh, in the game. Wow, his 20. Th- this is this could have gone for stat of the week, but I figured I'd go with something else. Um, um, 21 three-pointers in the game, um, made up 30.4% of his team's total shots, 69. And it was 11 more than any other player took on the team, um, Trice having taken 10. And it goes even further of the, of the 128. So there's been 64, 64 games. And so there's been 128 team performances. Um, Twenty one of those, the team has taken 23 pointers or fewer, including Strasbourg in Game Day One, where they only took 16. So, um, and 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 the and the 21 three pointers taken by York was the total amount that he had taken through three games. So. Where'd this come from him taking 21 three pointers and he took 11 three pointers in the fourth quarter um, you go back and watch it he was he was absolutely on fire um, truly unconscious I don't care if I've missed uh, eight in a row I'll just keep taking them um, but just absolutely some amazing uh, stats on so I wanted to pass that along
0: yeah, incredible numbers uh, from Gabe York there. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. Next topic, new signing who will have the biggest impact. Uh, some good choices here. We talked earlier about Konate from Tenerife, uh, Yannick Moreira, Peristeri, Mario Chalmers coming in for Ike. Uh, some, go- some good options to choose from. I'm going to go with Jason Rich at Gaziantep. Uh, we knew this was going to be a big signing when it happened. We both loved what Rich brought to Besiktas last year. And to take this team in Gaziantep, Gaziantep, which was one of the worst offenses in the league, one of the the worst shooting teams in the league. Rich comes in, he's already averaging 21 points in two games, and you see the impact that he can have in that game against Riga, uh dropping twenty-five to to lead them to a win. So I'm gonna go with Jason Rich at Gaziantep. Dave, who's your new
1: signing who will have a big impact? Um I'm going like I'm going long term and and um I, I think that uh I think I think Rich probably has the most impact, um, uh, but let's say that the the chances of winning a BCL title, I'm going to go with Canota. You, you you mentioned everything already in the when we talked about Tenerife. He gives them that athleticism, that badassness that that that, that team really didn't have, especially at at sort of the defensive end, um, the athleticism and um and i think with that dynamic char- characteristic factor that uh, Vitoretta can play around with i think that he really gives them um a a dynamic that can really make this team an even bigger title can- contender um so i'm going to go with with Knot. i mean rich again like i said from a sheer numbers volume percentage of production rich but i would say from a from a from a because Gaziantep's not going to win the championship you know i i i okay, i can't say that for 100% but but i think Canote is going to give them the 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 it gives them the characteristics that 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 team needed to have a better chance of beating a Halpo Jerusalem, et cetera.
0: Yeah, for sure. He could, he could be the difference uh, between a championship or no championship. That's that. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Uh, also, I think we can 100% say that Gaziantep won't win the title. Uh, <laughs> no disrespect. I'm not going no go to go there, buddy. those guys, but yeah. It's, I'll, go, I'll go, I'll go 99%, but I'm, you never say never. Okay. Never say uh, never. Next uh, <laughs> topic, stat of the week. I'm going with 35 as in Nicola DeJong's 35 points for Poe were the most points ever scored in less than 30 minutes in a BCL game. So not only was he on fire from everywhere on the court, but he dropped 35 points in less than 30 minutes of action. Really impressive stuff from DeJong. Dave, what's your stat of the week?
1: Uh, I'm going to go 9-0, um, and that is the assists to turnover ratio for Howard sent Rose from from uh ike i'm i'm loving him more and more i already loved him uh just so much i mean he was he he's even higher on the the on the on the on the cheese ball factor than than even or uh than uh, than Tashaun thompson uh thomas um he was even playing some 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 point and uh, i love that lineup uh just with his size at six seven can you know tower over some of the smaller guards um nine assists eight points nine assists zero turnovers Um, Through 140 minutes, uh, that's 35 minutes a game, he has 23 assists and 3 turnovers. Uh, That's a 5.8 to 0.8 assist-to-turnover ratio, plus he's hitting uh, 47% of his threes, 2.3 steals, um, and uh, over 7 rebounds. Um, So I'm going to go 9-0 assist-to-turnover ratio for Howard Sanruz.
0: Yeah. Awesome performances from San Ruz. And you know, he's going to bring it on the defensive end as well. A uh, pretty incredible player for Ike. Next topic, surprise of the week. I'm going to go with Poe's comeback over Burgos. Uh, you know, this team was 0 and 3 coming into the, into the game day. Burgos are a team that i picked to make the final four. And once they went up by 14, 15 points in the first half, I thought this was going to be a blowout. Um, but credit to Dejong and Poe Ortez for not giving up, for fighting back uh, and getting into this game on the road, uh, coming away with a big win. That was my surprise of the week. Dave, what do you got?
1: Yeah, there was that. There was also the Falco win, Simbate over over Bonn as well. But I went with something a little bit different. I went with Feuchta shooting 42 two-pointers and 25 three-pointers. Where would that come from? I was thinking about putting it there too. Um they averaged over the first 3 games 30.3 two-pointers and 36.3 three-pointers so 6 more threes and they took 17 more two-point uh, uh attempts than 3 pointer attempts you know obviously this was a te- this is a you know we talked with uh, Travis T- Simpson you know they kind of you know live and love and to die with a three-pointer and so really switched it up against uh and uh, against Antwerp took with the what they were giving and, um, and so, yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was a little bit surprising knowing, uh, how much they, they do a joy, uh, uh, launching those threes.
0: Yeah, FECTA right now are averaging 14.5 made three-pointers per game. That's three more than the next highest team. Uh, they're, they're second in the BCL, shooting 43% from the three-point line. So not only do they love to take them, but they're making them at a high clip as well. Uh, interesting that they went away from that, but we're still able to get the win over Antwerp. And the last topic, bold prediction— I'm going to go with Lead Belis. I think they'll get their first win of the season next week. They're 0-4 right now, but they're hosting Torun next week. Uh, They were on the road for three Mm. of their first four games. They played pretty well. Uh, They only lost to Cesari by one. They lost to Manresa by six. Now they're at home. They're going up against Torun, who, like you mentioned, don't have Damian Kulig. Uh, I think, Dave, me... Maybe me, you, and uh, three average BCL players could probably score 100 points against Tarun. So I think this is the week <laughs> that Lead Cabellas get their first win of the season. What's your
1: bold prediction? Bold, bold prediction. Um, I'm going to go, Ben Dierham is not going to make the playoffs. Um, they are one in three, uh, and they've had three home games already, and uh, two of their next seven games. Uh, Two of their next seven games are 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 on the are at home, so five road games in the next seven, and they've already played Jerusalem, Burgos, and Ike at home. So they have to go on the road uh, to play those three. Festa is uh, a lot better than 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 a lot of people, including myself, um, expected. Um, so you know, Anvil is also in this in this group you know we like that 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 wing combination so i'm going to go bandirma uh, is not going to make the playoffs
0: where did you have them before the season do you remember off the top of your head
1: i had i had and then i looked at it, i had them in fourth in the fourth spot
0: all right so dave off the bandirma bandwagon and yeah i think i think that's probably a good call those three teams that you mentioned that they've already hosted those are, are probably losses on the road, uh, especially Ike in Jerusalem, for sure. So yeah, tough road back for Bandirma in Group B. That's going to do it for overtime. Coming up next, we have our interview with Nicola de Jong, the MVP of Game Day 4 from Poe Ortez. He scored 35 points, led them to their first victory of the season. So stay tuned for that. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up.
2: Having led by 15 points in this game. Here he is again. DeJong puts it up. Oh my goodness!
1: He is on fire! All right. So on the show this week, we have Nicola DeJong from Portes. Uh Nicola, uh, thanks for taking some time out to uh, talk to us.
2: No, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Um, I guess uh, first off, congratulations on uh, getting the first victory. Uh, in the uh, BCL season, how did it feel to uh, to get that W?
2: Uh, that was great. That was great. Actually, that was the most need for you, for us. I mean, we've been to, uh, through a tough loss uh, before, and, um, and uh, that's the first win, and uh, we hope that's gonna bring some more. Um,
1: maybe. How did it feel going into the game? Um, you know, did you did you have a feeling that you might have a big night, um, or did it kind of build gradually?
2: But actually, it, it built gradually. I mean, we we the, the, the start of the game was pretty good for us. First quarter was, I mean, as equal for us and Burgos, so it was okay. But the uh, second quarter, uh, a little bit less. We uh, we took some, uh, took some. Uh, I mean, probably minus minus 12 at the at the halftime. So I, w- I already got like something like 13 points, but uh, it felt like the, the the collectively we were we were not there. So wasn't wasn't really a feeling that uh, it wasn't on the big nights but um like like everybody uh, saw uh, in second half uh, we built up um, our victory we came back more more defense and after that i got the luck to uh, to have you know feed, my 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 feeling good and uh, I, I i hate the shots
0: yeah, Nicola, what was the message at halftime when you guys were down by 14 points? I I think it was. What what was the coach telling you guys to change for the second half?
2: I mean, told us the, the same same story that'd been a for the beginning of the season. We cannot show two faces like that. We can we cannot show a, a first face in the first quarter. We actually we we you know, we play a we play the same level than Burgos, which is a good team. And, uh, and at the end of the, of the, of the, of the first half, we, we, you know, less defense, uh, more tournaments. Uh, it wasn't, it, it's not us, it's not like we used to play. So so the, the, the speech was like that. And uh, of course, uh, a big part of, uh, you know, being proud of our reaction.
0: Yeah. And, and was there a point in the game when you kind of, when you caught fire there, was there a point where you thought to yourself that you could just shoot from anywhere basically and it would go in?
2: To be fair, yeah, I mean, when we came back, uh, minus, uh, four, six, then, uh, I started hitting and more and more I was like, oh, the, the momentum has changed. I mean, mentally we were way better, defensively way better. And after that, the, I mean, you know, like, like I say, I got a, I got a luck that my teammate found me. So after that, all my shots were like not really difficult. Some, some of them, yes, but, uh, it was like the, we just were, we were just, we were just like, uh, you know, making the plays, executing.
1: You were, you were named to the team of the week, and actually uh, um, beat out some tough competition to actually win the weekly, uh, the game day MVP. Um, what do you think when you hear that?
2: But I'm proud. I'm proud, of course. Uh, but like, like I say, the m- most important is, is the win because when you make a when you make a nice game, I mean, to to. Two weeks later, I made a, a kind of the same game in the French Championship. We had 31, we, we, we lost in a double overtime. It's not the same feeling. I mean, the feeling is great when you get a good night, but, I mean, if you don't have the victory, it's not the same. So I'm, I'm glad we get a victory, our first, and uh, I hope uh, it's going to be me some more, of course. And, of course, I hope I'm going to make some great games again.
1: You you mentioned the thirty one uh, against uh, La Voila. Um You uh, before this season, if I'm not mistaken, your career high was twenty seven. You had you had been able to do on two occasions, um, with the thirty one two weeks ago, and 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 this thirty five. Is this probably the best stretch of your career you've had personally?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, I I, I, I I'm thirty one right now, so as a big guy, I'm I'm going in my best year. So I'm hoping that uh, I can actually at this level of course 35 is a big night so but like i say i prefer to to make 20 and we get a win every time than 30, 30 31 or 35 and we lose so so of course in Burgos both at the same time is what's great and uh i hope we're going to i hope we can make a good game against uh J- Jerusalem who's coming for uh, next week which is are their 4-0 so that's that's a big game for us and i hope uh, you know everybody uh we step up
1: um, when when you came out just before the end of the game the burgos fans actually gave you a pretty good um o- ovation um what did you think when you when you uh what you when you uh experienced that
2: that's a great feeling that's a great feeling i mean I, I, i've been there uh, 2 years um, two years ago when i played in uh, in Taragossa, and um and i, I, I knew the, i knew the fan were were really like, Big fan in in Spain, a lot big crowd, like t- 10,000 10, uh, 10, people. So that's 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 great. I mean, the, the respect they show to me, I appreciate that a lot. And I think the way the way the team played, uh, we all team played in second half, it was uh, really with heart. So they you know they appreciate it. So that's that. Of course, that's a that's a great feeling.
0: Yeah, and in in the second half of that game, your teammate Leo Cavalier made some really big plays. Uh, what what does he bring to this team?
2: Energy, energy, a lot of intensity, especially in defense. He's really he's captain of the team, and uh, I think he, when he play like that, like putting his heart on the floor, he helped us. He helps us a, a lot because at the end of the day, I, I hit some shots, but uh, he he paints a rebound, and without those rebounds, without those passes after that from my teammates, it will be nothing. So, so no yeah, Leo is really really a, a great player for us, well. and uh, I like that. If I continue to hit, and he continues to. To, to give like that, we can hope some 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 more wins,
1: yeah, those were some huge uh huge rebounds um to you to you personally, you were born in in Chambre la Tour um which despite only having eleven thousand residents, is actually home to a couple of uh, international football players michkhail Silvestre, um the the Sevi brothers and and adam um unaz um maybe talk about the basketball landscape uh there for you when you were growing up.
2: Yeah, I mean, my my my, uh, my the beginning of my career is really like uh, uh, late. I mean, I've I've been to the to the basketball. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like uh, professionally, uh, maybe at two, two, at twenty. Before that, I was about, I wasn't really like um, uh, hoping to make basketball career. I was uh, in law school and doing you know some basketball, but more for you know pleasure than anything. Then I grew up very late. And finally, uh, finish at seven feet. So, at 20 years old, I was like, hey, "Why not try to try a shot?" And after that, that's my right now 11th year in the first uh, first league in France. So, so and my first year in basketball championships. So, I hope it's going to be some some more and more.
0: Yeah, who were some of your uh, favorite players as a kid, or or like who did you try to model your game after?
2: I mean, when you when you're a kid and born in the 80s, of course you're watching it. Uh, Michael Jordan, but uh, I would say when I grew up, uh, guys like um, uh, Paul Gasol or Nowitzki, of course, for a white guy, who get a, we get a touch and can hit some shots. He, of course, it's a model, but like I mean, to be honest and to be you know, uh, to, to be to be modest, of course, uh, I'm not trying to 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 be like them. I mean, I've never been like them, but trying to be the best version I can of me, it's already something.
1: Uh, you you said you relate to the game, and um, your when you actually f- decided to finally become a professional, you actually also had a lot of injuries. Um, I saw in the two thousand nine ten season, you you missed five months with a back problem. Um, two seasons later, you missed uh, about three months with a broken hand, and then tore your ACL uh, in twelve sure, thirteen. Sure, sure. Um, maybe how frustrating was that, uh, you know, you, you, decided, okay, I'm going to finally become a pro- professional basketball player. And then almost, almost every season you're getting setbacks with uh, these injuries.
2: But to be fair, I mean, my, my, my 20 to my 25 uh, years was, was a nightmare, but I mean, for me, it's, it's simple. Uh, I wasn't ready to, to play, uh, uh, in first league. I was tall, but not really strong. So I think it's really important when you in basketball uh, uh, sooner to build up your body and build up your habits to be ready to the professional level. I wasn't. I mean, I, I could have played because I got a little bit of talent, but of course my body wasn't ready. So so I suffer until my 25 and uh, I build it through those injuries. And uh, right now, from my 25 for now, I'll be most of the, of the time safe. And uh, I hope we will continue. And uh, like that, you know, when my body is good, then I can express. Actually, I can do the flow.
1: So you're you're born and raised in France. Uh, your father is uh, from uh, is Dutch, so you actually have a Netherlands passport as well. And in 2015, sure. you played at the uh, FIBA EuroBasket. Uh, that was the first time that you played internationally. First time you played for for the Netherlands. Uh, looking back, you know, I was also the first time that Netherlands had been at the. Uh, Eurobasket in a long time as well. Maybe how do you remember that that experience? You know that was really you were just, you know, getting back to being healthy again for a couple of years and, and starting to play well again. Um, maybe how do you look back on that experience?
2: That was great. That was great. That was one of the greatest experiences I get to play in Zagreb over there and in, uh, in front of a lot of fans. Play, um, um, you know, of course, a lot of good teams. Uh, that was great. And actually. Um, now we've got the, the goal of the, of the Dutch Federation to come back to the next uh, European Championship. So That's the goal, the goal we, we all took uh, this summer. And uh, we're going to try to achieve it uh, first in uh, February, the next uh, Windows.
0: Yeah, and you, and you mentioned, so you're 31 years old now. This is your first season playing uh, in an international competition during the season. Uh, how are you enjoying playing internationally in, in the Basketball Champions League?
2: No, that's great. That's great. It's a great. Great organization first. Great teams, and uh, and uh, and for us uh, as Portes is is a good way to build up. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Portes got a great history in the uh, in a European uh, Cup, so for us it's really important to come back to this level. And uh, and of course BCL is uh, is one of the best of the of the of the continent. So that's great for us. And uh, for me, of course, it's, uh, it's again uh, something. Uh, New experience, and uh, I think it's gonna improve me and help me to improve uh, in my game. So, I mean, for for now, it's one three. You got one victory, three defeats. So, of course, it's tough. But uh, we're hoping to really improve.
0: Cool. Yeah. So we uh, we also asked some of the BCL fans on Instagram for some questions. Uh, so this is from one of the fans, Brian BG8. Uh, he wants to know what's the secret to your success.
2: I think. Um, first uh, I think it's all all mental when you play two games a week uh, the the only thing you gotta know is to focus on the game and uh, and uh, try to to execute the plays when you you really believe in your, in your teammates and uh, believe in yourself in your qualities um, I think I think I think it's gonna be okay the worst thing to do is to play the game you don't know or playing some stuff you don't know uh, then then it's gonna be difficult so like a, like like I say in Burgos, uh, I take all the shots. I really want it, and uh, they, my teammate find me in a good space.
1: Another uh, another couple of things from from Instagram UGR uh, underscore two four six eight. Congratulations from Saragosa and Fernando underscore Lo, Lopez Torres. Ask if you are missing Saragosa. Of course, you played there in, in sixteen seventeen. Uh, are you missing Saragossa?
2: Yes, yeah, Saragosa was a great experience for me. A great city, a great club, great fans, and uh, and uh, when I play over there, it was a tough uh, it was a tough year because uh, uh, we didn't start well. Then uh, we fired a coach, we bring some new players. So for the fans, it wasn't wasn't the best year, but for me, it was something. I mean, it was my first experience in Spain. Spain ACB is great champ, it's a great championship. So uh, yeah, that's, that 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 was great, but uh, always uh, come apart, and uh, that's that's life, that's how, how it goes. But uh, I keep following that, and uh, they make some great season last year, and this season is great too. It's the second in the ACB, so I wish them all the luck, all the
0: luck. Yeah. So you you mentioned. Uh, bringing it back to your current club, you mentioned you guys have a, a tough game next week against Happy World Jerusalem, uh, but do you, do you think this win against Burgos can be kind of a, a turning point for you guys in the BCL?
2: We hope so. I mean, um, we play three games away, one game home, so right now we're going to receive more than we, uh, we're we going to go uh, on the road. So we're hoping that uh, this this win on the road at Burgos going to build up um, something. And after that, uh, we got a, a, a big game in Championship too uh, Sunday. So we go. I think we, as soon as we're gonna start a, a, a strike from victories, we can we can actually beat anybody. So of course, Jerusalem gonna come. They they're gonna be of course four uh, zero. So okay, they they might they might think it's gonna be easier against us. But uh, I mean, our second our second uh, half against Brewers show that uh, we can play anybody.
1: Um, to kind of close off, then uh, maybe just talk in general about you know your goals, uh, the club's goals for the BCL this season, and what you think you need to do to accomplish that.
2: Club goals is to finish on the top four, of course, like every team in the group. Uh, after that, I think I think the, the the way to do it is like we show uh, uh, Wednesday, or Tuesday. Um, I mean for us is to be consistent as soon as we're going to be consistent maybe not doing great things but at least if you're consistent in defense and you know executing on offense we 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 could have a, a chance every every game to win so for us it's step by step next one is uh, jerusalem which is the favorite but i mean why not at home with our fans Everything is possible. So we will see after these games. If we win, then we're going to be two victories, three defeats, and I think everything is possible. If you lose, it's going to be more difficult. But uh, you know, we will see.
1: Well, it was definitely great watching uh, watching you hit from from everywhere. It seemed uh, 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 this past week. Uh, congratulations on the victory! Congratulations on on winning MVP of the game day, and uh, good luck the the rest of the the rest of the season, also in the in the French league.
2: Alright. Thank you very much for having me, have me in, in your show. And, uh, you know, good luck for everything.
0: Alright, thanks again to Nicola DeJong from Po Ortez for joining us on this week's show. Thanks again to all of the fans on Instagram who submitted questions for the interview. Make sure you guys keep doing that throughout the season. Uh it's it's been really great to get the questions from Instagram for these player interviews. Uh Dave, some really interesting stuff there from DeJong. Uh what what stood out to you from what he had to say?
1: You know, I think um the fact that uh he said that he's 31 and just now coming into his prime, basically. Um, And we were, we were kind of talking about it after the interview and you you look at all those injuries. He didn't start until late. And then you look at all those injuries, which cost you know, almost full seasons and, um, and really months instead of just weeks or whatever. And 31, but he's probably from, from, from a from a from the burden of playing basketball on a regular basis he's probably only I don't know 25 26 um, you know so uh and 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 you know we, you also mentioned after you know that uh, he's got a game that really translates well as big men that can shoot outside and um so yeah I think that you know you never hear of a, like a wing or a guard saying oh yeah I'm 31 I'm entering my prime so that was probably the thing that I really Fascinated me from the, from the very beginning when he said that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Very interesting career for DeJong and 31 points a couple weeks ago, 35 points this week. Uh, It does really seem like he's entering his, uh, his prime right now at the age of 31. So pretty cool to see. So yeah, thanks again to Nicola DeJong for joining us on this week's show. Dave, let's take a quick look ahead to game day five uh, next week. Tuesday's games, I think the one I'm most excited for is Bond hosting Neptunus. I want to see how Bond respond after they were embarrassed on the road against Falco Zambate with that 32 point loss. They're two and two on the season. Neptunus is three and one. So this could be a really important game in terms of the standings in group D. So that's what I'm looking forward to on Tuesday. Uh, what do you think uh, from Tuesday's slate?
1: Uh, you know, I guess two I guess two other two other games maybe, you know, Fecht Festa seeing if they can keep doing what they're doing, Benderma. I just said they're not gonna make the playoffs and you know they're gonna need to start picking up road wins. So uh Festa hosting the Benderma. And um you know, hey, Saragossa um at home against Dijon, you know, um I, I, I think Zaragoza is gonna win that game. I, I think they kind of really have to to, to kind of put themselves in the, in the upper ranks in that uh, in that group and um, you know this is, a, this is also a Dijon team that's gonna to have to start uh, playing and winning games on the road. so um, uh, that's probably that's probably my my I, 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 that Bon one is interesting for sure um, but the Saragossa against Dijon, Dijon probably um, is most exciting for me.
0: All right. Dave's calling it. Dijon lose their first game of the season next week at Zaragoza. We'll see how that goes. And then from Wednesday's group of games, there are some really interesting ones here. Uh, I mentioned this earlier on the show. Turk Telecom hosting Ostend. That gives us seven foot two Mustafa Fall going up against seven foot center Siobhan Thompson from Ostend. That's going to be in like... Godzilla versus King Kong type of thing in the paint, so that's going to be great. Uh, also, Ike hosting Burgos is going to be a really great game in Group B, uh, and, and some other really exciting ones as well. Uh, Dave, what are you looking forward to most from Wednesday?
1: Probably, probably the Ike Burgos um, to see if Ike's going to be able to slow down another team like Burgos. Also, that Nivni, Nizhny Nizni Novgorod um, and 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 ERA. Nimbrook, you know, uh, going to have to go out on the road and, and try to bounce back from their, from their loss. And, you know, that's a, that's a really strong guard there with Brandon Brown and, and how those, uh, how those, um, how those young sort of guards wings are going to be able to play, uh, against that, the, the mastermind, uh, uh over there in Russia. Uh, that's, so that's probably going to be a good one, you know, uh, to see how, how Nimbrick can play, on the road, especially after probably being disappointed um, with their performance, you know, you mentioned all those turnovers. So that's probably the one that, that I'm, uh, I'm probably looking at most.
0: Yeah. Also, some great Group A action on Wednesday: three and one Manresa on the road against two and two Holon in Israel. That's going to be a lot of fun. And three and one Sassari hosting two and two Strasbourg. Uh, so some really important games in Group A that should be fun to watch. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Nicola DeJong for joining us on this week's show. Thanks again to the fans on Instagram who submitted some questions. For the interview, make sure you go check out the official Champions League website at championsleague.basketball. Follow the league at BasketballCL on all of the various social platforms, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, check out the YouTube page for all the highlights and full games that go up the following week after they are played. And of course, subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch all of these games uh, live or on demand for Dave Hine, over in Germany for Nicola De Jong. My name is Austin Green, and this has been Bcl Coast to Coast, and we'll catch you next week.